You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres Podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Friday, January 14th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work, places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for some more, or I should say exclusively Padres content. I do tweet about the Padres on my own account, but you could check me out on there. As always, guys, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, everybody. Today's episode's a good one. It's a really good one. We are going to be doing a countdown, and I know it's a little bit late. It is January 14th. We are two weeks into January. It doesn't feel like we're two weeks into January, by the way. It still feels like we're kind of in the first week. I don't know about you guys. It's been a, a tumultuous start to 2020, and at least for me uh, so far, which is a little bit one of the reasons why I've been a little bit late on episodes. Apologies for that. We'll be going back to three a week next week uh, with a bunch of cool stuff that I'll tease at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that, guys. But we're going to be going over the top 10 best moments of the 2021 Padres. Just recently, I wrote for Just Baseball an article detailing this. I will link the article in the description if you prefer reading and what have you, or if you just want to follow along or whatever. You could check that out both in the YouTube or podcast description. You guys can check that out for sure. But let's, uh, I feel like there's nothing else to say. Let's get into it, guys. Let's get into it. I know we're a little bit late, guys, but I feel like, you know, I, I just, you know, heading into a new year, I had this, I have this like new sense of optimism, uh, I guess, about the season. And I just kind of look back at like, they were good for a while. There's a reason it was the collapse and not just a total failure. Like, there was reasons why people were excited about the Padres. And these are big reasons for them, right? So, Let's get into it, guys. An honorable mention on this list of the top 10 plays of the 2021 Padres uh, before we get into the official list is you Darvish's first start against the Dodgers. Now, this might be a little bit of a surprise uh, that anything about you Darvish is coming in. But again, first half, you Darvish was outstanding. And his first start against the Dodgers, because I mentioned a little bit of a joke about this in the article, where like the Dodger fans, in my experience, they kind of like have such a... Not a, they don't hate you, Darvish. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, it's the guy who messed it up, messed things up for it. And I've always viewed that as a very like, why are you acting like you, Darvish, is the only one that messed up things? What about the Hall of Fame pitcher that's on your team? No, if that's Hall of Fame pitcher, uh, and Clayton Kershaw. What about Howie Kendrick killing you? What about you know what I'm saying? It's like you've had eight seasons where it's gotten messed up. You, Darvish, isn't the only person to mess up a World Series for you. So that's all I'm saying on it. Hey, just look at this past season. Just look at this past season. Who messed it up for them? Um... Actually, in fairness, I don't think anyone messed it up for them in particular. It was just kind of a total, like, you know, they ran out of pitchers and stuff. I guess you could say maybe Trevor Bauer because he wasn't playing. But anyway, that was my honorable mention, guys. Let's now get into the top ten. I don't want to make this uh, episode too, too long because I've been working on trying to make my episodes a little bit shorter these days. So, guys, number ten on the top ten uh, moments of the 2021 Padres. I put Manny Machado's three-steal game. Yes, that's right. Now, 
continuing with the Dodgers trend, all right? Early on in the season, it was hotly contested, the two games against the Padres and Dodgers, if people remember. And they were just intense games. You had one that went into extra innings. You had one that, you know, almost uh, ended at like 7 o'clock in the morning. You had ones that were ended by the Dodgers with a great Mookie Betts catch. You had a great double play turn and all that stuff. And in this case, I think he gets forgotten a little bit, the May Machado thing, because it was just so surprising. And seeing him in that moment kind of be the leader of the team, in my opinion. While he's not the best player on the team, that's reverse, reserved for a guy who we're going to mention a lot more on this list in a little bit. Uh, it was just kind of cool that Machado, who isn't necessarily a stolen base threat. It's not that he can't steal bases, but he's not a great base runner necessarily. And it was just nice to see, especially since he was clearly hurt and you saw how much he wanted to win the game. So that came in at number 10. I know you would argue maybe the Darvish thing should have God there it's dead but I don't know I wanted to give Manny some love on this list number nine on the list of the top 20 hold on top 10 plays of the 2021 Padres is Don Orsillo that's right the Padres broadcaster extraordinaire trying to instigate nuclear war all right now here's what I mean by that early on in the season again against the Dodgers like I said those games were super super competitive and I love them so much uh, it was between Jorge Mateo and Dennis Santana in the bottom of the 10th inning, uh, man on third. You remember we got this extra base run and roll. That's another thing about that game was like the Padres couldn't bring it home, unfortunately, in that first game against the Dodgers, but it lived up to the potential. So I wish that I could have just put that game in general. In fact, I probably should have. But for me, I just found it so hilarious. This is when Jorge Mateo and um, Danny Santana, like I said, they got into a little bit of a, 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 a shouting match. You know, he gets hit by a pitch. I don't probably not intentional because the Dodgers are certainly trying to win this game. And then he takes exception to that. They're talking. And all of a sudden, the two sides meet out and then the bench is clear. And what I loved about it so much, and people pointed this out online and all that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dodd himself talked about it a little bit too, where it was like Dodd's just like, oh, and they're going to talk and now we're going to fight. You know what I mean? Like he just got so into it. And I basically, it basically sounded like he was instigating and trying to start a fight. I, for one, think every broadcaster should be like this. I don't care if you go over the top. I think it was glorious, and I think it was so funny because I was, where was I? I, like, saw him get hit and ran away for a second because I'm just so animated, and I, like, ran behind the thing, and then Dodd, you know, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no, and then I just hear him say, oh, we're going to fight, and I, like, ran back into the room real quick. That was really funny, so that makes number nine on the list of top ten moments of the 2021 Padres. Yes, that's right. It would not be a Javier Reyes article or list if I did not have some weirdness uh, and some little uh, some idiosyncratic nature to my list, dare I say, guys. But let's move on now to number eight on the list. It is Jake Cronenworth's double play gem. As I mentioned many times on this podcast since the beginning of 2020, Jake Cronenworth has been one of the best second basemen in all of baseball. And if you take into account his value of the fact that he's new and this is a team that's just breaking out and they need those other breakout players from their farm system to kind of break out. And Jake Cronenworth did that, and he's not getting paid all that much money uh, compared to what kind of value he's putting on the field. Third in F4 since the beginning of 2020. Uh, Jake Cronenworth's double play gem. Now... This was, again, this was back during the good times, but this was another hotly contested game. It was at Dodgers, actually, and it was after the Padres had lost the first series. The Padres come back and beat the Dodgers in this series, and one of the big moments was a double play turn, a smoke shot up the middle to second base that Cronenworth grabs. He gets it past his glove. It was incredible, and then a great throw from Tatis, who at the time were all worried because of the defense and whatnot. A great throw from him to turn double play, but it was Cronenworth especially that I felt like really turned in the gem. It was an exciting moment, and it's just... 
it's just amazing. I really now I we hate the Dodgers, I know, but man, do I miss those matchups, man. Those matchups were incredible. I mean, every single one up until when the Padres really clearly had fallen out of it. Like the the series when Blake Snell almost had a no hitter. Um, while that game itself was great in general, by then the hype was kind of died down a little bit. Unfortunately, it became more about the Dodgers and Giants. But and the moment, man, those games were blockbuster. And I think that this Jake Cronenworth gem was one of the better defensive plays in all of the, the games played between the Dodgers and um, Padres. So guys, before we continue on to number seven on the list, though, let me take a little break. Just a little bit of a break. It is the new year. You guys know it's the new year. We're literally I mentioned that at the top of the episode. I said it's the, it's the new year, and I'm, I'm newfound optimism is how I feel. That's why I'm recounting the top 10 plays. But you know what else makes me optimistic? You know what else is great that is worth celebrating, guys? The best protein bars in all the land, guys. That's right. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. I don't even think I have to say maybe. They straight up just do. You know what I'm saying? Most bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, though, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It's looking real, real good, guys. Covered in 100% chocolate. And most importantly, maybe not most importantly, but my favorite part is they have so many different flavors, guys. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more that always keep coming out. They got orange, they got gingerbread and eggnog in honor of the holidays and whatnot coming out, or my personal favorite, apple almond crisp, or a raspberry shortcake, or my mom's personal favorite, cherry barcia, guys. But because you're listening to this podcast I got a special offer for you. If you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. How awesome is that? I think it's pretty awesome. Just for listening to the podcast, you get a little bonus. Check that out, guys. Go to Built.com, remember, and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody. Moving on. And of course, I just want to remind you, thank you for listening to Lockdown Padres, your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Um, number seven on the list. See, I'm moving through this a little bit quickly because sometimes I get a little bit ahead of myself. One of my New Year's resolutions, guys, is to make the episodes a little shorter, maybe like 30 minutes, like 28 minutes around then, just because I, I think that there's something to be said for just that bite-sized content that you guys can get every day. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I always ta- end up talking way too much. As exampled right now, I can't even get into number seven. Number seven, guys. Drum roll, please. And why a drum roll? Because it is finally our first appearance of Mr. Fernando Tatis Jr. on the list. Number seven, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s home run in his first game back from injury. I know. It's it's a little bit of a, 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 a strange one. I actually picked the first one because the first time Tatis got injured, it shook the baseball world. Everybody remembers him at home play, kind of over the, over the plate, just on his knees, clearly grabbing his shoulder, looking like he's in pain. And in the moment, I still remember Padres Twitter getting super mad. I remember that, by the way. And I, I remember Padres Twitter getting very mad at me. I, I, I do. I remember Padres Twitter getting a little bit upset because I was like, let's give it a second. I want to see what the extent of the injury is. Because a lot of people, people are going as far and saying, you know, great. Now uh, he's, he's just, he's going to be injury prone and we just have to accept that. Now, is he going to be injury prone or not? That could be the case. But saying that just in his second, like, kind of full season uh, as a pro, I know he had 2020 and 2019, but, like, his second kind of full season as a pro, we're already deciding that he's injury prone. All of a sudden, he's immediately Troy Tulowitzki. 
That I didn't understand, and it ended up being true in the sense that, well, I am still annoyed that he's not necessarily electing to get the surgery right now. Even if it is understandable, I'm not going to tell athletes what they should be doing when it comes to their body and how they they go about their rehab and whatnot. But um, it is a little bit nerve-wracking that this could just flare up at any time, and that happened throughout the season for the Padres. It happened um, a little bit after the deadline, actually. It happened on trade deadline day, July 30th, also my birthday. Uh, Tatis got injured. But the first time it happened... All of those things I just said were true. Everybody was doom and gloom. Is he done for the season? Turns out he's not. He returns off the 10-day IL, and what does he do? He hits a home run off of Walker Buehler after striking out and popping out in the first two at-bats. He hits a home run, and Nando has left the building. I have to admit, a lot of Padres' moments get a thousand times better with Don Rosillo on the call. And that was one of them. He said, and Nando has left the building. Tatis clearly pumped about it because it gave the Padres the lead for one, and and clearly it was a nice moment to be like, he's back. You know what I mean? He's back. He has his moment. It was really great. And um, you got to love it. I mean, there's not much else to be said about it, right? Moving on now to number six on the list, guys, is another big home run. And this home run is, oh, I actually think that you could argue, some people listening to this episode might argue that this should go higher on the list. I put it at number six. Here it is, guys. Victor Caratini's walk-off against Cincinnati. Now, there's a lot of layers to this. First of all, the Padres at the time had been coming off of a bunch of losing series. Before we knew that that was going to become the norm for the rest of the year, losing to bad teams, um, they had been losing to a bunch of bad teams. They lost to the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken, before this. They had like a 3 out of 4 loss or a 2-2 loss, something like that, um, against Miami, even with some bad umpiring decisions, by the way, in that Miami series. It was like July 14th, I think, that July around then. Um, I, I remember because I was at a friend's party for her birthday. Um... And then this series against Cincinnati comes up, and everybody's like very upset. You know, you got some bad losses, and Victor Caratini comes through. It was a great game throughout. Big hits from guys on the Reds, including Jonathan India, who I think is just a gamer, uh, and some annoying Padres bullpen uh, moments. But Victor Caratini to end it. I mean, he just did. And remember, at the time, by the way, at the time, and also they're down. Let me, let me just repeat, they are down in this, 4-2. to two. They do make a comeback in this game, which was so awesome, and the Grand Slam puts them ahead, obviously. But um, Victor Caratini was, at least for the first half and a bunch of games against the Dodgers, he was like the clutch one. I don't know if you guys remember this. Eric, oop. Almost said it. The Padres' first baseman also early on in the season was had a lot of clutch hits, especially against the Dodgers, even if they were a little bit lucky and ground ball related. Um, Victor Caratini was incredibly clutch. And this was another moment of those. That's when Don then shouts into a sea of San Diegans, uh, into a sea of to walk it off. Padres, walk it off. And it was, it was great. I was shouting and jumping up and down. It was a game the Padres really, at least the fans really needed. They really needed to see, like, okay, back to being great. When they're on, they are the most exciting team in baseball. And I stand by that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the host of Locked On Padres. Um, and also, on top of that, it was the home opener technical home opener when there were more it was like the first time fans were really allowed back in full capacity since the start of pandemic so that was awesome number six on the list should have been higher maybe especially when you take into account that it was the first kind of you know real home game for the Padres but hey that's just me guys number five on the list for the top 20 hold on I keep doing this for the top 10 plays of the 2021 Padres he's back Mr. Rake Cronenworth is back, guys. It is 
Jake Cronenworth hitting for the cycle, guys. That's right. I already mentioned at the top just how valuable he was uh, to the team. I'm not going to get into that too much. In a 24-8 win, the Padres score, a cra- obviously as evidenced by the 24, a crap ton of runs, and Jake Cronenworth hits for the cycle, only the third player in Padres history to do that, the only other two being Matt Kemp, which was the... Dare I say the only good thing that happened from that Matt Kemp trade for the Padres, not to be mean or anything, but for the Padres, it was like the only good thing that happened from that. And in 2017, from Mr. Will the Thrill Myers. I don't care if that nickname, Will the Thrill, has been taken. I'm borrowing it temporarily. Uh, It was great. It was great. And it was another one of those games where at the time the Padres had not been performing all that well. So it was great to see them go out and beat the snot out of the Nationals. You know what I mean? I mean, they just destroyed the Nationals in this series. Because if you guys remember, you know, we had the Juan Soto. He had the game-winning hit against them early on. You shouldn't be losing games to the Nationals. Even if at the time they weren't quite in full tank mode and they had some value as a baseball team, I didn't think they were a total walkover. If you're like the top five team in baseball expectation, you should be beating them uh, and not getting beat so consistently like they were. Um at that time. But yes, number five, Jay Cronworth cycle. I feel like there's nothing else that needs to be said. Is there anything else that needs to be said? No, right? No? No? I don't think so. I don't think so. Number four on the top ten list for the 2021 Padres, their best moment is... He had to come in here at some point. He just he, he had to. He had to. It is Daniel Camarena shoving Max Scherzer into a locker and then putting syrup on the walls and just leaving him in there overnight. It is the grand slam that he hit off of Max Scherzer in a game that the Padres were down already by like eight runs to start and it's up against Scherzer. So everyone's like, there's no way we're winning. And Daniel Camarena does the unthinkable. In the article that I wrote for Just Baseball, I linked to a piece by, um, let me make sure I get his name right here, by Kevin Reynolds of the Del Mar Times, who dove even deeper into it. When you consider Max Scherzer's fastball, how hitters uh, do against it, when you consider the fact that Daniel Camarena had never had a hit before, when you consider the fact that Max Scherzer has never given up a home run to a pitcher or anything like that, if you take all of those factors into account, it's one of the more unlikely hits that has really happened, especially for home runs, at least, uh, in in a while, at least from what I've seen. Um, Don't get me wrong, there's other ones up there. I think the in-general streak of David Freeze and those playoffs was pretty unlikely in a lot of ways but still um it was an incredible moment everyone loses slam arena it excited all of padres twitter i remember because people were really negative around this around this time even if it was somewhat justified people were being very negative on the team and this was a nice little just like man that was fun you know what i mean man that was fun they ends up winning the game it was a good game too uh and slam arena was a big part of that becomes a, a huge kind of a local hero. And he's going to be remembered for a long time because of this. A grand slam off of Max Scherzer as a pitcher. It was just incredible. And he kind of like lifted it out. It wasn't necessarily an awful pitch either. Uh, so that's what's just so crazy, guys. Number four for the Padres. But before we get into the last three, the big three, right? There's all sorts of big three. You could say the Miami big three with LeBron and Wade and Bosh. You could say the anime big three with One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto. You could say the big three for, uh, I don't know, you could, for professional sports, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and uh, the NBA. But anyway, guys, before, speaking of all of the three major sports, guys, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march to the playoffs and beyond, and they've got you covered in all the major sports, guys. But on top of that, if you 
hold on. If you go to Bet Online and sign up today and receive, a f- um, if you send in the code Locked On, you can get started with a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember that is promo code Locked On to get started. Fifty percent, just because you guys are listening to this podcast. How about that? From football and basketball and the NBA and MLB and whatever to hockey to boxing, UFC. They've got Oscars bets. I imagine that are going to start rolling out uh, soon once the Oscar nominee season starts heating up and we get those nominees. That should be something for all of us to complain about too. Um, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Ooh, if you guys couldn't tell, if I'm a little, if I sound a little nasally, well, it's it's because I am. I'm a, I'm a little like I think I woke up just like with the fan blowing in my face and it was really cold last night, so I I, I got to get over this. But anyway. Woo. So sorry about that, guys. But let's move on to the last three moments. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So you might be wondering what's going to come in at the What's the final three? Okay. And honestly, you should be able to guess at least one of these. At least one. Yeah, after. I mean, come on. Like I'm not going to spoil it just yet, but I'm just saying you have to be able to guess at least one of these guys. But number three for the Padres top 10 moments of the 2021 season is... Fernando Tatis Jr., that's right, he's back, hitting two home runs off of Trevor Bauer in one game. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about Trevor Bauer. Uh, He stinks. Uh, The end, as far as I'm concerned. He stinks, and we don't have to talk about him awful. But in the moment, he was like a villain in baseball. A villain in, dare I say, kind of a good way, in just the sense of we had like a protagonist in Tatis, an antagonist in Bauer. And at the time, Bauer was having all sorts of dumb little things, but the biggest thing was when in spring training he was closing one eye and then he was trying to practice or whatever to improve his vision. A bunch of scouts and trainers said that that was not really a viable training strategy, that you really didn't need to do that. It was just him gaining attention, but if that's what he wanted, he got it. And then Tatis, in the game, ends up hitting a home run off of him, and then as he uh, um, rounds first base, he turns around and does a mock little uh, hand over his eye gesture. That's some NBA shit right there. You know what I mean? That is some NBA level pettiness. And I mean that in a good way. I love it when we get some players that can beef and kind of have their thing. And in terms of what Bauer says after the game where he's like, yeah, I think players should be celebrating and I think pitchers shouldn't be soft. I think it should go both ways. I think he is right about that. Again, piece of crap, Trevor Bauer. I'm not approving of him, but I am just saying in terms of that sentiment, let's talk about that for a second. It makes you excited. I mean, on top of Tatis being awesome, I think that all players should be like this. I think having ridiculous moments like this, and even for players that aren't stars, Javi Baez later on in the year hits a game-winning almost pop-up off of um, Amir Garrett, those two don't get along all that much, and I just loved it. He's literally talking smack as he's walking to first base. Is it, I don't like believing in the whole, oh, it's undeserved, you're not even that good, or whatever. I don't care, because this sport, in my opinion, is so desperate for having big, fun personality moments that go viral and are memes on Twitter, even if you want to clown them. I think that we need to take all of it. I really do. I think that for the sport. If you're the NBA, you're the NFL, and you look at some of these players celebrating, you're like, what the heck are you doing? But yes, I want all of those things. You're down 9-1 and you celebrate your home run. Are you an idiot? Yes, but I love it. Do all the stuff that you want. And in this case, it was well-deserved for Tatis. And a second home run that he hits off of Bauer on a very low pitch that was kind of impressive that he even hit that one out in the first place. He then, as he goes to home plate, really quickly does the McGregor strut, which is one of the things that Trevor Bauer was doing. And I I love that. Do more of that, please. If you do it off of Madison Bumgarner, do like one of those mean faces at him. Because you know how Madison Bumgarner is always like, 
this this like legislator and and judge and jury over baseball like he he never shows any emotion i get it but then he gets so mad if people do anything i remember earlier this season or was it it was in 2020 when will myers hit a home run off of him i think it was like a three run bomb and then all Myers did was like a little, like his basic bat flip. And you could see Bumgarner like looking at him as he ran out of the bases. I'm like, Bumgarner, shut the hell up. I hate Madison Bumgarner. But anyway, guys, moving on to number two on the list. Unwritten rules are rad, but you know what is even more rad? When just objectively speaking, you have some of the best moment of the year. When you have clutch moments, I should say, guys. Number two for the top 10 moments of the 2021 Padres is Fernando Tatis Jr. Again, his game-tying homer in Houston. Is this a little bit too high? Is it a little bit too high? Maybe, maybe. But I have a personal kind of sentiment to this moment. And one of the reasons I do is because I was with my friends in DC when this happened. We're streaming the game on my phone. I'm getting chicken sandwiches and all this stuff. I wrote about it a tiny bit in the article, but I just, it reminds me of this time that I look back really fondly on. And it was one of those times I literally texted my mom and I went, I'm so lucky. I, I don't deserve this team. And this was one of those moments. And Tatis, he ties the game in the bottom of the ninth. Two strike count, two outs with a three-run home run. And on top of that, on top of just how clutch it was, the moment, the way he looks at the ball, Tatis really is a showman. But not not in a way, and again, I like it when people are like trying to be showmans and they kind of slip up and it's a little cheesy and ridiculous. But Tatis really knows how to seize the moment. The way he looks at the ball... And then just does the, the slight little bat flip and rounds the bases. He does the thing around third base that he always does. Uh, what is that? The hot step? I forgot what to call it. Um, he does that as he rounds third. And then you see him get crowned with the chain and whatever. God, that was such a fun time. That was back when the Padres were really all in. And the game before that, the night before, was also a big game too. That's when like Tommy Pham had like three doubles. It was like a really big game. And, and that one was hotly contested too. But like in the moment, it, it was just a moment where I genuinely was like, I can't believe this. I, a guy that I follow on Twitter, Dragonfly Joe. It's really funny to follow on Twitter, guys. Very much recommend him. He's like, this is the coolest moment in years. Everyone's retweeting it. Everyone's talking about it. People are texting me saying, you are so lucky to have this guy. Can any of you debate that, right? Like, we are so lucky to have Fernando Tatis Jr. No matter what happens, we do have him. And it is awesome that he is on this team. My, It might be my personal favorite moment in a lot of ways. I, I just, there's something about it. The Don Orsillo call where, it's going out of the track! Like, that whole thing. Like, him just losing his mind. Like, his gallbladder is about to explode adds to the whole thing. It's just... It's just glorious. It's just glorious. My only regret is that I wish I could have seen it like on a big screen with all my friends. We were all watching. Instead, it was just us on the phone, and we were doing like, oh! I didn't hear Dodd's call until after the fact, when I was re-watching it on my phone, like in the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when I was rewatch, and I still rewatch it to this day. But now, guys, here we go. Last one. We're 27 minutes into this podcast. Let's do it. The number one moment. You know what's going to be. Come on. You know what's going to be. If you don't then I feel sorry for you, honestly, if you don't know. Uh, the number one, the top moment for the 2021 Padres, the best moment, not a tragic moment. It was the moment early on in the season that made us all realize, oh yeah, I think we won this trade, guys. It is Joe Musgrove throwing the first no-hitter 
in Padres history. There is so many layers to this. San Diego native, a trade in the offseason. In an offseason that saw Blake Snell and Yu Darvish join the team, that Joe Musgrove ends up being the one to give us the biggest moment and be the most effective pitcher for the season. A curveball pitcher, a guy who isn't necessarily a fastball dude who throws a really hard fastball. It's not. It's just movement. It's being smart with pitches. It's off-speed stuff. It's a slider that he starts developing more, and it's using the curveball and slider against certain teams effectively in the right situations. All that stuff, and... It happens. The first no-hitter, I remember being on, doing a live chat on Locker Room when this happened. Uh, it's now now called Spotify Green Room. And I was doing it with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers, and it was his first time ever doing one. So I joined in, and then I ended up staying throughout the whole call because we made a thing. We were like, oh, we're like five innings in. Here's a deal. You have to stay on for as long as until he has the no-hitter, right? And then he ends up throwing it. And I know that this was also around the time when people were saying there's too many no-hitters, which I thought was dumb because I thought, well, if, yeah, we have had a lot of no-hitters, but what if, like, it, that none of them happened for the rest of the year? And that's what ended up happening. We had the Wade Miley one, and then not no other no-hitter happened throughout the rest of the year. That's just what happens sometimes. They all came at one point. Um it was a lot of fun, but I think everyone agreed that the Padres one was different since they'd never had one in their franchise history. We got close, like, what feels like eight times, and five of them were from Denelson Lamette. Last season against, ooh, was it the Mariners that he was close? I forgot who it was that he was close against. It was probably the D-backs, though, uh, from what I remember. In 2020, he got really close. Uh, Denelson Lamette, unfortunately, he didn't get it. We all, I kind of, I think everyone thought it was always going to be Lamette because of that wipeout slider and just how hard he threw. Like, if everything was clicking, you could see him getting it. But instead, it was the guy with a bunch of different pitches that he throws. Joe Musgrove. Great guy from what I understand. Shout out Jake Gariani of uh, CBS 8 uh, San Diego who told me that he met him and said he's such a great guy. He talked about him for, for the channel. Um, it's just it's just great. And Musgrove was a, lot, a, a guy that I was tempted to say. One of my bold predictions for 2021 was I was going to say Joe Musgrove will be the second best pitcher on the Padres this year. Uh, and I probably that would have been going conservatively. But at the time, it was a hot take because of them acquiring Darvish and Snell. But he turned out to be awesome. And it was a great moment. I don't think much else needs to be said. I lost my mind. In the article, I linked my Lockdown Now video uh, where I just lost my mind and I'm running through the street. Um, and it's moments like that, guys, that I think we need to be reminded that Despite how bad the rest of the season ends up going, there's still a lot of hype. It's very rare that a team just has as many good moments as the Padres and are going to stay being as mediocre as they ended up being in the end. I don't see that. I think 2021 is going to be a better year. And hey, the last time I was the one who was optimistic about the Padres was heading into 2020 when a lot of people were like, okay, yeah, well, maybe win 82 games or or whatever, you know, and then after pandemic, maybe we'll win 30 or whatever. Like, I every I do much better when people are down on the team is what I've noticed, just me personally. Uh, and I think that people are really down on the team right now with some level of, um, it, it's, there, it makes sense why, but I think we, uh, we shouldn't give up on the Padres, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the countdown of the top 10 uh, plays, guys. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Padres your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, guys, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. In terms of what you can expect for the future of this podcast, guys, next week, 
Um, I'm trying to work out a crossover with a bunch of different people, one of them being Ryan Finkelstein, who I just talked to on Wednesday's episode about just comparing and contrasting the Padres collapse and the Mets collapse in the second half, where these two teams fell short above expectations. Uh, That should be a lot of fun. I'm also going to be talking to, hopefully, Gabrielle Starr, who is an editor over at Fansite. used to host Lockdown Red Sox about our favorite baseball pieces of the year, favorite baseball writings. Maybe not even of the year because we are really getting past the whole new year thing. Uh, so maybe we're just going to talk about baseball writing stuff in general. That should be a lot of fun. And I think the, the closest episode, which will probably come out on Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest uh, for next week, is going over the Zips projections by Fangraphs for the 2022 Padres. Give you my thoughts on that. If there's anything I disagree with, this kind of doing a whole team breakdown and what have you so and of course go listen to that episode with ryan talking about michael conforto in which he brings up max scherzer and kind of just i caught a stray bullet from the man i i really did i caught a stray what can i say but uh hopefully guys you enjoyed it with that all being said that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the padres themselves remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from stitcher spotify apple podcasts google podcasts Himalaya, wherever, wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Check out the article at LO underscore Padres. Check out the YouTube, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. We're closing in on 200 subscribers. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. Fire faithful on me. Take care.